This is Mona Lisa Baseball. Shohei Otani. The big show. Do you know that that deal that he got with the Dodgers? That was his idea. That was not the Dodgers' idea. Yeah, I've been wondering about that. He had that idea, and he was shopping it around to every team. Oh, he was, okay. Any team that would listen. So any team that would go for it. Why do you think it was so important to him to do that? Yeah, there's so many reasons. Okay, so where do we start? (laughs) Yeah. Number one, he wants to win. We've talked about this. Okay. He's very transparent about this. I think Mm -hmm. any athlete in his position would be, yeah, I want rings. If he can do this thing with all the deferred money, okay. Guys, if you're listening to the podcast, I assume you know about the Shohei deal, but if you don't, let me explain it just really quick, okay? It's a $700 million 10-year deal, but almost all of the money is deferred until after the 10 years. Now, this has a lot of advantages for both Shohei and the team. $2 million per for 10 years. Right, and then he gets the $680 million that's left over the next 10 years or something. It's deferred. Uh-huh. So we don't need to know all the details, but let's really talk about what the impact is. And the impact is these teams now have more money to go build a winning team. They have more money in their pocket. And also deferred money doesn't count as much towards the luxury tax as regular money. It's discounted. Also, Shohei Otani himself can avoid paying a bunch of taxes after he retires. It's nice. Yeah, I saw an old 60-minute archive interview with him from 2017 and one of the things that was fast he hadn't gone to the states yet but it was sort of this believed foregone conclusion he's the best pitcher and best batter in japan he's gonna play in the states it's only a matter of time and uh, at that point of the interview he didn't have an agent yet and he was the best player in japan and he was 22 i thought that was pretty interesting but i had heard through the grapevine that he has basically the scott boris of japan like he has the biggest agent yeah nez beleo that's Otani's agent. He's doing a good job. Good job, Ness. Looking out for numero uno. So yeah, they were the ones that came up with this deal and shopped it around. It wasn't the Dodgers. That's the real hard-hitting question to you, in your opinion. Will this guy pitch again? Honestly. Oh yeah, I think he'll pitch again. All right. I hope you're right. They announced him as the LA Dodgers brand new DH. And that just, <laughs> ooh, that didn't sound good to me. Well, that's what he'll be next year. Right. Let me ask you a question. Why wouldn't he pitch again? It's mostly this perceived climate of you can't do both, and it's too dangerous, Hmm. and we don't need you running bases and pitching. I just kind of feel like now that the rules have kind of been set aside, you know, the way to play baseball, let's just have this guy bat. Let's keep him around as long as possible. Hmm. He's good for the game. He's good for the game. Don't let him get injured. I feel like that's the prevailing thought process of superstars. They're on the field at all times to make sure we win. Let's prolong it years-wise. Not necessarily how many games are played this year, but let's make sure he has value when we trade him. We get as many years out of him as possible while he's under contract. Just seems like all those things rise to the top instead of like, I feel like the idea of, oh, this guy pitches and hits has created a huge buzz as it should, but they're willing to kind of let that actuality go because the buzz is already there and I feel like it's there to stay where at least people could say, oh, well, he could pitch if he didn't have a bum elbow. Isn't he amazing? You know, that sort of thing kind of still holds up, but the buzz was already created. He's already famous. He's already famous. 
they sold a record number of jerseys that first week that he signed the deal. Yeah, I love that stat. I think Shohei still wants to pitch, so he will pitch. And I think Shohei's in the driver's seat here. In fact, there's a clause in his contract that says if the GM of the Dodgers is gone, he can opt out. Mm. So who's really running the Dodgers right now? Yeah. I was thinking about this today where I believe it was 2001 when A-Rod signed the 252. So he basically got 25 million a year. And I was like, you know, 22-ish years later, for someone to sign for 70 with everything that's happened, not that crazy. Hmm. The biggest contract before that was nowhere near 70. So I think that's where the shock value really came in. Of, I mean, people knew he was going to get mega paid. But considering Mark Cuban buys the Mavericks and then sells them for so much more and still has, you know, power with the team or whatever you want to call it, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. When I put it in perspective of how long it's been since the A-Rod deal, it wasn't as crazy as originally I thought. Well, the reason why it's the biggest contract ever is because he can pitch and hit. That's why. Don't forget. No DH is worth that much. That was definitely a part of it was that he's Japanese. And this is going to be a huge deal for that country, for jersey sales. It was all of it. Uh, He's not just a DH, but that's the thing is I kind of feel like he is just a DH at this point. At least that's how he's starting this year. And I think people are going to get comfortable with that. And he might pitch again, but the idea of he's going to be that the rest of his career, I don't anticipate that. I am so positive that he will start a game. In the future. I'm not saying he won't start again. I feel like the idea of him playing a full season as that. Do you think he's going to be Babe Ruth? Are we? Is he Babe Ruth? Is that what you're saying? Um, Point that question a little more. What do you mean by that? Well, Babe Ruth pitched early in his career and then stopped. Yeah, I guess I am kind of saying that. Okay. Sounds good to me. But Babe could play the outfield, and that's the part that makes me saddest of all this. They didn't have the DH back then. Is he's such an awesome hitter. I feel like the fans deserve to see him in the outfield because people didn't talk about Babe as like, oh, this amazing outfielder. Hmm. But the way I understand it from what I've read is he was decent and he had a hell of an arm. He was a pitcher. Right. He could throw, but he could not run. And so, yeah, stick him out in right field. And, you know, he's not the fastest. He's not going to track everything down. He's not yeah. not going to make amazing diving catches, but he's legit enough to play outfield considering the prowess of his bat. And I want Shohei to go through that, and we won't ever get to see that. Dude, I heard a story about Babe that's been verified that he didn't slide in the second one time because he had a cigar in his back pocket and he didn't want to bust it. Yes. And so I can't see him hustling in the outfield just doesn't jive with that. I mean, at a certain point in his career, you know. Yeah. Um, Shohei doesn't play outfield for a reason, you know. Modern day outfields, like, you got to cover a lot of ground and do a lot of things. I know. It's probably not worth the risk. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, who are you asking? Worth the risk. I mean, we're talking about baseball. Every position's a little dangerous, but... Who are you defending? Like, nothing in baseball is safe. It's a very dangerous sport. <laughs> right. Not worth the risk. It's like, yeah, play... Uh... <laughs> I was trying to think of a safe sport, and I almost said bobsledding. Go play curling. Yeah, go curl. Exactly. It's um, super safe. You got... Actually, it's... curling's probably more dangerous than because of the ice than, like, disc golf. Oh, yeah, the potential groin. Yeah. Oh, in curling, you could get hit by the rock. Oh, ah, blow out a foot. Cracked ribs. I could see it. Oh, I bet there's gnarly curling accidents. People slipping and then like, because you know there's two people. Oh, head cracked. They got the broom. He slips on the ice and the broom goes right through his friend's face. <laughs> right through the throat. The broom. I, I don't think they call it a broom, but 
I know what you mean. What do you call it? It's a fucking, it's a brush. Br- uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm Googling this. Yeah. The most perfect example of this is, wouldn't it have been great to watch the last five years of Big Poppy's career just kind of struggle somewhere in the field? But when he's dropping 40 bombs, you make a spot for him. War. You know? If you can hit, they'll find a spot for you. War. I feel like we all lost out on that, and that's kind of what I'm sensing with Shohei is just this sort of sideshow thing. It's already been established, so he doesn't really need it anymore like he used to, especially if he's putting up MVP-type hitting numbers. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just really want to see him in the field. I would love to, but uh, we're not going to get that chance. I think you might see him a little bit. The Angels played him every once in a while. Yeah, I think you said they might have tried him at first. Like mm, He played right a few times for the Angels. But I think with the whole Tommy John, they don't want him throwing the ball yeah. for a while until he's ready. Yeah. Man. For all the things that we've talked about and all the hours we've put in, my mind is going to this place of right at this moment of, wow, that's so cool how unique baseball is where – you have to hit this ball and run the bases, but then playing the outfield is just has nothing to do with those things. And the ability to judge a fly ball straight off the bat, off the sound or visually, all that stuff, it's it's just so amazing. I'm just I'm so happy that we're defending the greatest sport. I mean, mm-hmm. what does base running have to do with hitting a ball? Very little, but you're supposed to be well-rounded. Yeah, and leave the cigar in the dugout. Supposed to be well-rounded. Called a curling broom. It's <laughs> curling broom. I do not own one, yeah. but I want one. I don't have one either. I don't curl. Not enough ice over here. I have not curled. In the 2010 Olympics, I had a couple of roommates that were pretty down to watch, and I thought it was silly, and I found myself getting into it. I did not think that was possible. Do you know about uh, marble racing on YouTube? I've never seen it. Okay, so it's like this guy builds these super elaborate racetracks for marbles to go yeah. down. Yeah. And then he just narrates the whole team as if these marbles are athletes. This is great. He's got history. There's people in the stands. God. People get ejected. Like, you know, there's just <laughs> the, all the drama of sports without the people. What the fuck? And I guarantee you, you'll get into it for a minute. Oh, I can't wait. Like, I mean, I used to do the same thing as a kid where it's like, uh, I got green on this. I got green. Yeah. And then it's like, green's off the rails. Green's been eliminated. Like, oh, no one saw this coming. Yeah. It's all the drama of sports. Look at Speckles. Speckles. <laughs> but what's great about the marbles is that all the drama stays on the field. Yeah. There's no allegations. It's like, hey, came in first. Like, proofs in the pudding right there. Blue. It was all blue all the way. Talk about drama on and off the field. What do you think of the whole Draymond situation? Yeah, Draymond. Draymond's been an interesting guy because... The one thing I never liked about Draymond, which I understand is part of the sport, but before I get to that, you know how, like, if you're not a diehard uh, soccer person, you see someone faking an injury and you basically are tempted to turn the TV off no matter how good the game is because you go, I, I've done that before. I, I can't yeah, do this. I've, you just, I've walked out of World Cup games because I'm just yeah, like, this sport's You just stupid. can't do it. Because people, yes. So, one thing I never liked about Draymond's game is no matter what happens, he's making a reaction to the ref. And I understand that that's a thing. Earl Weaver used to do it where if the umpire just in the back of his mind is thinking, if I call him safe, I won't have to argue with Earl. So you can actually help your team by being a thorn in people's side and be annoying. I could never get down with that with Draymond's game. No, he takes it too far. I love having an enforcer on the basketball court and all that stuff. But 
you know, when he choked the guy, you go, yeah, I understand. It's probably, it's going too far, but you know, I could see where he would do that protecting his team. And then this one was just foolish. No matter how good of an actor you are, it's like a ridiculous soccer play where you go, oh, the guy was holding onto my jersey like I had to spin out of it and clock him in the face mm-hmm. by accident. Like right. nobody's believing what he showed everyone. And uh, he loses, the team loses. It puts shade on his career, which is really too bad. But um, More shade. I mean, he always says, he goes, hey, this is who I am. This is how I play. And it's really hard to turn that off mm-hmm. when that's been what's made you a Hall of Famer. But it's sad, I think, for everyone to see, kind of. That would be my take. When you can't understand that you could be even better by just like, yeah. okay, first of all, first of all, he spun around and he hit him with what? An open fist or a closed fist? It was kind of murky. It's kind of both from what I saw. You know what I saw? I saw a guy closing his fist. Yeah. And doing nothing to stop his flailing arm that was like yeah. halfway there already from connecting completely. Yeah. Because when you hit somebody on accident, you're not looking at them and it's an opened or a side of your hand. When your mm-hmm. hands are flaying around, the fingers are splayed, okay? This is yeah. just fucking yeah, physics. Yeah, there's no splay in this one. Okay, so Draymond Green, it's been really fun watching you. I always sum it up this way and this is what I always, this is my first and last word about Draymond, really. The only reason I sort of like him is because he's on my team. And if I was a fan of any other team, I would hate him Yeah, I, so much. I don't think there's any question. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, the villain in sports just basically accepts their role. And I don't think he has any problem with that. <laughs> but it also does say something about, you know, it's the same thing you got there with Barry, where he was on your team, but... He, you still couldn't stand him. Yeah. And I talked to other people that felt the same way. Diehard Giants watch every game, can't stand Bonds. Yeah. And I never really understood that, but I understand it now. And I definitely understand it with Draymond. Yeah, it took a while. I just hope he doesn't play for another team. That would be my oh, main hope. Because that wouldn't be right. He's a liability. I don't think any team would. Look, he does appear to be a liability at this point. People who don't even really follow basketball know what he's doing. Yeah. His infamy, just like punching people and stepping on people. And I think the weirdest thing about his suspension is that it's quote unquote indefinite. Yeah. So what the, I mean, come on, what does that mean? Does that mean it's heavy? Does he have to show contrition? Does he have to like change? I think that's part of it. Yeah. So what he's in counseling right now, actually I did read an article says he's in counseling. Theoretically. Yeah. So he's in counseling. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing. Probably the last thing I would say about it was it certainly makes the Jordan pool punch look a lot worse now. When it happened, you could make cases, you know, they might have been jawing, you don't know what right. Poole said, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Now he just looks like a uncaged beast. Right. And I've stood right next to him. He's a big, scary guy. Yes. he's He is thick. He is thick. Very large man. And the last person you'd want <laughs> angry with you. Oh, man. Yeah. Running around, stepping on people. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yes. I, I had actually forgot about the stomp. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you were to do like Draymond's hit list, oh, yeah. by the end of it, you'd be like, and this guy's still in the league? Are you all out of your mind? Bro, there's all these memes on the internet like Mama said knock you out. And it's just a mishmash of like 27 different times Draymond took it too far. Mm, yeah. There's so many examples. Out so they're there. already out there. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, of course, you're going to play the stomp a couple of times. You're going to get the punch in there two or three yep. times. But yep, yep. there's so many other plays where he's just holding on to people. 
Oh, yeah. And then, you know, the best thing about it is when the song ends, it's always him going, what? What did I do? What? Yeah. Well, how could you? <laughs> Fuck you, Draymond. Fuck you. Oh, man. Uh, well, great run. Great run for Draymond. It's been good. Okay, I have a prediction. He's going to go through therapy. He's going to tell them all what they want to hear. And then he's going to come punch some other guy. And then he then he'll be gone. That'll wow. be it. No team will sign him. God, I really hope not. I think he's got one more chance. I think that's what they're telling him. You have one more chance. Yeah, I think you're right. Like This is it, buddy. Kind of with Ja Morant, you know. And if you hold a gun <laughs> one more time on Instagram, you're not an NBA player. Do you understand? <laughs> this is your final warning. <laughs> I don't know how to be more clear. Uh, NBA's been really good to you, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I came up with a Shohei theory. When it said deferred, I think I just imagined him getting a fat lump sum at the end of 10 years, but then I found out, you know, it's yeah. 68 mil a year right. for 10 years after the 10-year contract. So it's basically a 20-year contract, which I didn't realize. And that's the number that really stood out to me. And then I thought, oh my goodness, this is just crystal clear evidence of baseball just knowing its own relevance that in 20 years, every single person is just merely assuming baseball is doing just as fine or better than it ever was. And that might be, but I have a real hard time imagining that. Hmm. And it really made me think about the Dodgers and how everyone's being pretty flippant with what's going on right now. Oh, my God. This turned my stomach. This actually made me angry. So someone had written an article that said 2023 is going to be remembered in Major League Baseball history as the year that baseball was back. Mm -hmm. And you go, okay, yeah, whatever. Headline grab, but I read it. And one of the things that they said was the new rules got it back to 2017 attendance levels. And that, for the article, was proof that everything's okay. <laughs> and that alone was really troubling to me that that's kind of the standard of if you improve on something that's shitty, it's like the Seinfeld joke of, you know, this guy weighed 1,400 pounds. If he loses 400 pounds and he weighs 1,000, what are you supposed to do? Hey, baby, looking good. You're a rail. You know, wow, what have you been eating? Looking great. Bring me solo. You know, and celebrating back to 2017 levels, I mean, we all feel the thing that's happening in baseball, don't we? Mm -hmm. That it's taken the backseat for a while. And once I finally worked it through my head of they're going to be paying this guy $68 million 20 years from now. And I thought, well, shit, if this thing gets blown up, we're saying we know what baseball is going to look like in 2043. I mean, it seems preposterous. Yeah. Shohei could go into collections with the Dodgers. He's a creditor now. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? Now, Let's just say baseball does okay next year, but before this year, it was kind of down 6% every year for a while. Mm -hmm. What if it goes back to that? Right. Okay, so it goes down 6 next year, and then it's kind of back to where it was the year before, and then it does another 6, and now it's the lowest it's ever been. Mm -hmm. Does that for a few years. How silly does Shohei's contract look? <laughs> if... Well, God, it was really scary when 
if Bally's or whoever the fuck company that Diamond Sports looks like it's spelled Bally's, if they go under and Amazon buys them, is that something you sent me? Yeah, the RSN okay. we talked about. Yeah. I wasn't ready, man. I, <laughs> I was not ready to have Bezos in the MLB. I wasn't. Get ready, guys. Amazon is here to backstop some of these bankrupt regional sports networks. They want to expand their programming. It was not good for my mind. It was not good to imagine Amazon commercials. It was not good to imagine what Amazon thinks Major League Baseball should be. Uh, oh, yeah. So this Shohei stuff, when it happened, it was we all knew it was coming. We knew he was having a contract year. And then it happened, and I didn't think too much of it. And then you curl back a few layers of this onion, and I started to kind of get a little spooked that things are definitely being said about what is believed about baseball. And I kind of still feel like we're seeing something and other people aren't. And I don't know why other people aren't seeing it, but it just keeps getting more obvious to me. Maybe there's the thought of you don't want to see it because you just want it to be fine. Yeah. I mean, there was the story about the A's are leaving, but it's okay. They have a minor league team coming in. I remember thinking... This is the consolation story that's... The bees. <laughs> that's a thing. I haven't heard of anyone outside of Iowa giving a fuck about minor league baseball in, well, forever. I've never heard any excitement about it. Any. It's mostly a Midwest thing. But the article about Oakland was written like you were supposed to be, oh, cool, we have a pro team again. It's preposterous. People will go. People will probably love that team better, you know? Well, yeah. I they're going to do the green and yellow, and they're going to call themselves the bees. The thing that the A's had going for them in the wrong direction for so long was the idea of we're a penny-pinching club, we're going to give you a good show, but when it would come down to, well, if we kept just one more guy, we might get a title, the owners would be like, yeah, can't afford him. Right. So you knew every year it would take nothing but a miracle to win it, and it would have been a great story if they would have won, and they got close, they hit the playoffs, but... You know, even those teams, those great baseball teams, weren't drawing good numbers. And I think one of the reasons is they played in an extremely uninteresting stadium. Yeah, you know, the new trend with stadiums is suites, not seats. Suites, not seats. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wasn't it funny so when that's what they're going to do? You were hearing A3 talk about the theory, which I'd never heard before. The team doesn't even want you to go to the game, they'd rather have you watch on TV. And I don't know if we're there yet or if I agree with that, but... They want it all. They want both. With suites, not seats. I mean, that's definitely trending that direction. Yeah. If they've got one empty seat, they want you to go to the game. But as soon as they're sold out, they'd love it if you watch. They want to expand both markets. And they have the means to do so, right? We can put in more seats. We can um, find ways to get our stuff on YouTube, on Amazon, so that more people can see it. Yeah. They want to expand both markets. Expanding both markets. Okay. So... I did a little more research and I found out one of the people responsible for the uh, nets up at games. There was a story done on CBS about a guy who went to a game with his wife and his wife got hit with a ball. Yeah. And she'd been to a ton of games. It wasn't her first rodeo. She'd been to a ton of games. But basically he was like, this shouldn't have happened to this person and it wasn't fair and we should do something to change it. So one of the people on the CBS team was Bryant Gumble. What a simp. And he hit that story really hard and lobbied to Major League Baseball that we need to change 
this game. There is a gap in this game. We got to right this ship. And so basically the ship got righted. So I had to think about that where you go, okay, worst case scenario, you know, talked about it in season one where someone brought an infant, got hit, the kid died. You couldn't draw up a worse, worst case scenario. But the guy in the interview said, we need to change this beautiful game. And what I disagreed with there was baseball isn't here to change for you or anyone that you know or any of your relatives. Baseball is just baseball. And that's the mindset that everyone's going through right now is if we can make it better, why wouldn't we? And that anyone who wants to keep it the same is old and stupid. And the statistics of, you know, serious injuries at baseball games for how dangerous it seems, it's pretty remarkable how well everyone's done with the number of games, pitches, balls hit into the stands. The crack of the bat, everyone looks. After being involved in the river rafting industry, there was this thing that was always said in the safety talk, which is... Yes, there's risk in river rafting, but we're going to tell you the things that help you keep it safe. And remember, you've already done the most dangerous part of river rafting, which is the drive to get here. <laughs> right. And they're more dangerous. Yeah. Th- yes. Definitely, definitely true. If you're driving to a ballpark, that's more yeah. dangerous than anything that could happen at the game. Yes. A lot of people don't talk about that. Nah. That every day, everyone's worried about all these risks. Yep. And then they get on the freeway, and that is Mm -hmm. the most likely place that you will die at a certain age. Think about the numbers of injuries on the way to the ballpark. Oh, that's crazy. I never thought It doesn't even compare to the player. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's thousands. I'm sure thousands of people have died. So let's put up nets at the ballpark instead of making automobiles and freeways safer. (laughs) Because it happened on TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't catch a foul ball now. I don't want anyone's child to die. I don't want anyone's wife to get hit in the head. That's horrible. Or when bats go in there. Yeah, sure. That's horrible. It's horrible. But it, it's it, it's horrible even to think of it's, it. But at the same time, like we don't stop building buildings because every once in a while a guy mm-hmm. falls and hurts himself. Mm-hmm. We still build buildings. Right. We have to still play baseball. Yeah. Look, <clears throat> there's a lot of places to sit at a baseball game. Mm-hmm. We have a net right behind home plate. That's the best place to sit. Mm-hmm. Go sit there. Mm-hmm. If you're with your family, sit somewhere safe. If you're with your boys and you got your gloves, uh, let's get a ball, guys. Come on. I think it's like the hardest possible thing to make a stand on because it's so obviously wretched. But I think when I hear yeah. you say it, I still know it's true is we still have to play baseball. Right. Are we just going to make everything out of Nerf? Like, let's play with Nerf bats and Nerf gloves and a Nerf ball and a Nerf field. No one can get hurt. And have them wear giant inflatable dinosaur outfits. <laughs> Everyone's safe. No one would watch that. It's a great excuse to bring the fences in. Probably the only applicable <laughs> good reason to bring the fences in. No, 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 no. no. Well, fences need to made, be made out of jello. Okay? <laughs> so they're just completely, basically a liquid. <laughs> And look, we don't want to make any light of anyone that's ever been hurt at a game. Like, honestly, that's a horrible situation. And and I bet some people out there who got hurt, it kind of wasn't their fault. There was something weird sure. going on. 
But for most of them, they you know, you probably weren't paying attention. Yeah. Or you shouldn't have been there in the first place, baby. Or sit in the upper deck, right? You're higher up. The ball can't hurt you as much. It's still going to hurt if you get hit. But if that's a concern for you, you can't sit close. It's just... <laughs> right. And let's clarify, we are not against all nets. There have always been nets yeah. behind home plate. We're against extending the net all the way to all the seats so that none of the seats have the authentic experience where you sit there with the glove. Maybe you can catch a ball. So nets are good. Um, netting everywhere, nerf fields, jello, fences are bad. Yeah, not for that. Yeah, I found out that Bryant was a big baseball fan and... uh and he was very proud that he uh, helped change the game for the right way. Is basically, I think, saving lives the way he was putting it. So, yeah, that came up. Thought that was interesting. What a hero! He's a regular Ralph Nader, right? Oh, that would be it. Unsafe in any seat by Bryant Gumble. Yeah, that's so good. Nailed. <laughs> Great. Did you know that Shohei Otani makes fifty to sixty million a year on endorsements? I, yeah, and that seemed a little low to me for the superstar range. I know, I know, because I'm sure that for tax reasons he's understating it. Uh, okay, good call. Well, I'm not sure. I just suspect. No, that's a good call. That's like, what did I see? A documentary on uh, <laughs> Studio Fifty Four. As soon as they started bragging about how much they made, that's when the house of cards fell. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right on that one. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> it's happened where someone stuffs, uh, hands him a briefcase, and it's like, you're going to wear these socks from now on. Like, cool. You got it. Yeah. and I... <laughs> right. Not a problem. 60 mil. Yeah, that'll get her done. That's great. Yeah. Mr. Wonderful on uh, Shark Tank was saying that if you have $5 million and you're a decent investor that can get 5 to 7% a year... You're basically juggling three hundred grand a year, and uh, most people can do just fine with that. So just by owning five million, oh yeah, you can just live off that. You could be living on about three hundred k a year, roughly. Right. right. The problem is most people are their own worst enemy. They spend it, yeah, on uh, gambling, women, uh, men, whatever, swimming pools, and then or buying businesses. Like you buy Twitter, and then you run into the ground. It costs a lot of money. <laughs> You have to be a billionaire for that. Yeah. But that example, like, I'm going to expand my business. We're going to buy our competitor. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, can't serve that market correctly because you didn't even know how it worked. I'll always remember that you told me he changed the name to X on the plane to Wrigley. And I didn't believe you. And like, that, wait, there's so I got to be missing something in this. Yeah. And like, no, 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 that built in marketing of tweet, like, he's throwing that all away. I know. I couldn't believe it. It's like one of the best brands on the entire internet. And it's like, no, I'm changing it. Uh, That's like going to Betty Crocker and say, we're going to call it uh, Uncle Rico's now. <laughs> and Betty Crocker's like, well, you know, a lot of people really know us yeah. by that name. And it's then like, we've nah. got like cookbooks and people will even mention us, like talk about Betty Crocker as being the ideal woman. No, no. It's Uncle Rico now. Yeah, Uncle Rico. That's what I want. Yeah. And then I was listening a week or two ago to All the Smoke. And they were saying that Twitter sucks, That especially for athletes. They were saying, yeah, Twitter got ruined. And I don't know Twitter enough to know why, but they all seem to be in agreement, just nodding their heads. Like, oh, man, Twitter was good. Now it's not. Well, because he fired 
um, well, I live in San Francisco, and everyone loves to dunk on San Francisco. Oh, those liberals with their company. Yeah. Well, why are you tweeting so much? <laughs> it's like, oh, I hate the water company. Let me get a, some ice out of the fridge and mix it in my mixed drink and talk shit about the water company. People are tweeting. Everyone's tweeting. I mean, maybe not you and me, obviously, right? We're not into that, but this was like almost like a commodity social network. News journalists rely on Twitter to get stories and stuff and and other people rely on it to you know cope with their mental illness or whatever but let it be known that in order for these networks to work you have to have a very robust moderation team and you have to have rules and you have to enforce them um across the board okay and elon fired almost all of that team because they were woke idiots maybe some of them were sure but now the advertisers don't want to do business because you know because it's like a Nazi platform or There's something. There's just too much crazy. Cra- I mean, their ad's going to show up right next to some crazy ass Nazi shit now. Yeah. Or some anti Semitic shit that's coming directly out of Elon's retweets, you know? So I don't even like talking about billionaires. I think, uh, right. I think, I think it's easy to dunk on them when they make mistakes, but like at the same time, like, you know, you can't deny like Elon, Bezos, these guys know how to get shit done i think we can look at some people like trump who just kind of like inherited a bunch of money and just kind of like it was able to juggle it you know by starting brands and yeah lying to people sure the art of the deal as crazy as elon is nowadays i mean like 50 percent of all the satellites in space are starling wow or they're you know <laughs> they're uh they were launched by by his stuff by SpaceX, sorry. right no i think that's a good point they're easy to dunk on you hear the name bezos and you almost want to crack a joke but yeah. think how unlikely that fucking story is. A bookstore. Yeah, the bookstore is going to buy baseball, guys. I, because, I, uh, Diamond Sports can't pull it together. I watch my wife hate Amazon, and I can't tell you how many packages show up every day from Amazon. <laughs> can't stand him, but right. yet the packages come pouring in. It's just too convenient. Unbelievable. I hate the CHP. Oh, I hate Caltrans. Driving down the freeway. <laughs> no potholes anywhere. Right. <laughs> oh, these these lazy fucks. <laughs> I, I, this, I, the paint is cracked. <laughs> I, I made a deal. After, you know, hearing all the Caltrans jokes and driving in California for many years and seeing many things on many strips of highway, I finally realized, you know what? From now on, I don't care if they're sitting on their shovel, if they're sitting on the ground, if there's a group of 15 people talking while one person's shoveling. You know why? Because I don't want that job. I don't want it either. <laughs> so there you go. There are days that are 106. Yeah. And they're in jeans and a hard hat. Mm-hmm. And I think, how on earth do these people survive? You take breaks. <sighs> you get lots of water. Ooh. Lots of water. I couldn't do it. Well, I think when it gets up certain temperature, you got to send these guys home, or you got to work early in the morning. You show up really early and then go home around lunch. Yeah, but there's times midday they're doing it where yeah. I did a golf trip in Palm Springs once in late June, and uh, I'm pretty sure I almost died. Hmm. And I had a golf cart with a bucket of ice. Golf cart came with a bucket of ice. I couldn't cool down. And I got to sit in the shade between every shot, put ice on my forehead, and feel the breeze from the golf cart. Mm. And my friends were going up to me, and they're going, are you doing okay? Because you don't look good. 
And that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. That's why I couldn't make it as a Caltrans. Other people can. Well, there's a lot of hard work in uh, road workers down here in San Francisco. I'll tell you, like, they ripped up all the pipes uh, on our street. Yeah. Didn't even take that long. You know, I never walked outside and saw them slacking. They were always working hard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe not always, but, like, harder than I was working. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For sure. Yeah. Wielding shovels. Shovels and hard hats. Yeah, I'm, like, taking a break. Got my cat on my shoulder looking out the window. <laughs> oh, these guys should work harder. Yeah, right. <laughs> what the fuck? Let me make some more green tea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what do you know? Sitting down again. Oh, having another meeting. You believe these guys? These are my taxpayer dollars. People are always angry about the things that they hate the most about themselves. Yeah. No, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Yeah, I want rings. Preposterous. We have to still play baseball. You got it. Wow, that's so cool how unique baseball is. No DH is worth that much. Baseball isn't here to change for you or anyone that you know or any of your relatives. Baseball is just baseball.